Hello and welcome to the Bell Mama Hypnobirthing and Positive Birth Podcast. My name is Ellie Waddington. I'm a hypnobirthing teacher, antenatal instructor and positive birth coach. And I'm here to help you go into the birth of your baby with a positive mindset. Every week I share my top tips, advice and amazing birth stories to help you go from fearful and anxious about your birth to positive and confident. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and let's get into this episode. Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of this podcast. I am back to full health. I was a little bit poorly last week but I am back and fighting fit and I am ready this week to share with you all the juicy details about my two births. Now if you don't know me and my story already, I have had two children, two babies and I have had two very different birth experiences and it was the big difference between those two births that led me to become a birth educator that I felt this calling to share this message. My first birth was quite traumatic. I describe it as traumatic. And my second birth was the complete opposite. It was the most wonderful, healing, calm experience that was, I, I describe as the greatest experience of my life. So my first birth with my little boy, Wilfred, uh, he is four years old, four and a half years old. And I went into his birth pretty much blind. I did no research, no preparation. I didn't do any courses. I didn't um, do any research. I didn't make a birth plan. I didn't even equip myself with any breathing exercises. I literally was of this opinion that we have been giving birth for thousands of years and I'll just know what to do. My body will know what to do. I can get on with it. And the medical staff will see me right because, of course, we'll go into hospital because that's where everyone gives birth. And it'll all just be wonderful. Now, we have been giving birth for thousands of years, absolutely. But we have not been giving birth in hospitals for thousands of years. Now, before anyone comes at me, this is not a home birth versus hospital birth debate. Um, but you have to do, you, you have to face the fact that when it comes to birth, we need privacy, we need dim lights, we need to feel safe for physiological birth to unfold. That is biology, that is fact. And that's something that you often do not get in a hospital where you're surrounded by bright lights and strangers and loud noises and people. And it's just not the type of environment that we were biologically designed to give birth in. And so if you are going to go into a hospital birth, you have to equip yourself with things, with tools and tricks and techniques to keep yourself calm, to allow birth to unfold. Otherwise, you end up in the situation that I was in during my first birth, where I went into hospital to give birth to my baby, expecting a natural birth, but the complete opposite happened because I hadn't educated myself. So I went into labour with Wilfred on his due date and I'm quite proud of this because only about 3% of babies are actually born on their due date. So I was quite proud of the fact that my baby is one of those 3% that came on his due date. And he, so I went into labour around seven o'clock in the morning and I was just cracking on with it, you know. I was just like, oh, this is is easy this is quite cool you know these contractions they're uh, they're intense but I'm just cracking on with it I'm just rocking I'm moving around and you know I can do this so I just went about my day basically until the contractions started to get a little bit more um intense I started to need to I, I was starting to need to 
breathe through them. I had to stop and do some rocking and some swaying and some breathing through them. And it was at that point, you know, I thought I'm going to have to call the hospital now and let them know that I'm in labour and we're on our way in. And I called them probably a bit sooner than they do recommend, purely because we, where we live in Northumberland, we are incredibly rural and we are about an hour and a quarter's drive away from the hospital. Uh, and that would be without traffic. If there were traffic, as we got closer to the towns, then it could be an hour and a half drive. So I was very aware of that. And the staff on the other end of the phone were aware of that. So yes, they recommended we come in. Now, getting into the car was where it all started to go a little bit downhill. At home, in my home environment, where you feel safe and protected, you know, I was cracking on with it and labour was going well. I could move, I could surround myself with my own lovely, comfortable things and it was going well and it was unfolding well. But then as soon as I got into the car and I was strapped in and I couldn't move, bear in mind that this journey was over an hour, you know, hour and a quarter, I suddenly started to feel really uncomfortable and like I couldn't manage. I, obviously I was strapped in, I couldn't move, I couldn't um, distract myself with anything and of course because I hadn't done any hypnobirthing or preparation, I didn't have a playlist, I didn't have any nice soothing affirmations, didn't have any sounds. I was just listening to my husband talking about whatever he was talking about, probably some really dodgy rid dodgy radio station uh, playing on the radio and I through all these contractions that were happening I was just clenching I was just like holding onto the seatbelt as tight as I could clenching my jaw and just literally waiting for them to be over which I now look back and I just think oh my goodness Ellie what were you doing but at the time I knew no better so we got to the hospital we got into the hospital corridor and my god hospitals are so hot aren't they they are absolutely roasting and of course because this was December I was in all my outdoor December stuff you know I think I was wearing a rugby shirt and a gilet and some welly boots and got into the hospital and my god it was so hot so I was literally there at the reception desk saying hi I was on the phone earlier I'm in labour and I was just stripping off I was just literally stripping off because I was so hot um so I got shown into a little uh, labour room um in our hospital they have individual about 20 individual rooms I think and they each had their own little bathroom really nice little rooms and I had a vaginal examination now of course I had no idea that I could turned down vaginal examinations I had no idea about my rights so of course I just got up on the bed and opened my legs like a good little girl and it turned out I was about five centimeters and at the time I obviously was really happy because I've been told that if I'd have been four centimeters or less I'd have had to go home again now of course being that I'd just been in the car for an hour I didn't fancy being in the car for another hour on the way home so I was really happy that I was apparently in established labor you know I had someone to put their fingers inside my vagina and measure my cervix and tell me that I was in established labour because of course I couldn't possibly know that by myself already and yes I was pretty much just left to it my husband and I were left alone in our little bathroom and the midwife would occasionally just pop in and out just you know see how we're doing but I was mostly just left to it so labour started to go on um, again because we were mostly left to it I was just moving around the room, just swaying and rocking, going with the contractions and just doing my own thing basically. I had my husband chatting away to me 
and it's all just going quite nicely. Now, towards the end of the day, so I think it was about ooh, about five o'clock, something like that, I started to feel the urge to push. I started to feel a bit of pressure. So I called the midwife and she asked me to get up on the bed and she gave me another vaginal examination. Yes, another vaginal examination to make sure that I was fully dilated and that I was able to start pushing because, again, we couldn't possibly know when we were okay to start pushing, could we? Um, so... Yes, I was given the go-ahead. I was told, you are 10 centimetres, you may start pushing now. Thank you very much. Oh, wise one, I will start pushing now that I'm 10 centimetres. And yeah, so I was on my back on the bed pushing. And bear in mind, as I've said before, I had done no preparation, no research. I had no idea about birth positions, what is the best position to be in to give birth. I simply thought that you know you lay on your back and you give birth in hospital beds because that's what we see on telly that's what we see in films that's how people give birth in hospitals on their backs on a hospital bed but my instinct everything about my body was telling me to get onto my knees and I wasn't even consciously try I wasn't consciously thinking I need to be on my knees my body was involuntarily trying to flip me over to be on my knees I really wanted to be kneeling to birth my baby but this particular midwife told me that I was best just staying on my back now again had I know what uh, had I known then what I know now I would have told her politely please do not tell me what to do I'll birth in whatever damn position I like but I was still in my good little girl uh, mentality so I stayed on my back I was fighting my urges and I was staying on my back and pushing and funnily enough nothing was happening and I kept trying again involuntarily trying to turn over onto my knees but in the end the midwife she actually put my legs in stirrups to stop me from trying to turn over and so for two hours I was there pushing and nothing was happening so she called the obstetrician who came in and at first he suggested that I just hadn't been pushing hard enough that I'd been just dilly-dallying around for two hours I mean the audacity of it um but yeah so eventually after watching observing me pushing for a few contractions and nothing happening he then suggested that we do an episiotomy and a and using forceps to try and maneuver Wilfred out of my vagina now and he said do do I have your consent to do this now of course I was on my back in pain scared with a room full of strangers at this point I'm not going to say well can you give me some facts and figures for that please why do you think this is the best course of action of course I'm just going to say yes so I consented to something that I had no idea I what what I was consenting to I had no idea what it entailed or anything like that because I was scared I just wanted this experience to be over I wanted my baby out and I wanted this to be over so yeah I had my episiotomy I had my four steps um Wilfred was put onto my chest at some point the cord was cut I have no idea when the cord was cut whether it was straight away or a bit later I have no idea when the placenta came out that was just whisked away without me knowing about it and so I was sewn up um, Wilfred latched onto the boob and he actually started breastfeeding by himself really quite quickly which I was really quite proud of um, despite everything and yeah so he was dressed and I had a quick shower and I was dressed and there we were we were kind of just left to it really and yeah so I came away from that birth thinking well I'm healthy and my baby's healthy thank goodness that we were in the hospital because they saved our lives now of course I knowing what I now know I maintain fully that had that particular midwife not 
told me to stay on my back. If I'd have been allowed to birth on my knees like my body was telling me and I'd have been able to jiggle and manoeuvre with what was happening, then I would not have required those forceps. I absolutely believe with all my heart that I would not have required forceps had I been allowed to birth on my knees. Um, But you can't go back and change what happened. All you can do is learn from it. So when it came to being pregnant with Annabelle, with my second birth, it was really coincidental that me discovering I was pregnant coincided with a friend of mine who is a hypnobirthing teacher. She had an unassisted birth. She had a free birth where she birthed at home in her living room in a birth pool with no medical staff present. This was a, an informed decision. She worked, She did lots of research and she made the decision to birth unassisted uh, by herself. So with a doula and her husband in her house. And this story just absolutely inspired me reading her birth story it was so inspirational to read how birth can be calm and wonderful and serene and on your terms you know it doesn't have to be filled with medical staff screaming at you um you know and bright lights and strangers and medical instruments dragging your baby from your vagina it doesn't have to be like that it's it can be on your terms and it can be natural so i invested in a hypnobirthing course I did all the preparation, I watched positive birth videos, I uh, made a birth plan, I did all the research, so I basically researched all of the interventions that you could possibly be offered during birth and immediately after birth and I put together an informed birth plan and I planned a home birth. I, I didn't want a free birth, I didn't quite feel that, that was for me but I did plan a home birth. Now in the UK if you plan a home birth you are entitled to two NHS midwives to attend you um, in your home so that's what I did and that's what happened. I went into labour at around four o'clock in the morning. It was, how far along was I? 40 weeks and five days. So five days after my due date and I went into labour about four o'clock in the morning. And I didn't really think much of it because I'd been having kind of false contractions for a few weeks where I thought I'd been in labour and then it all just kind of come to a stop and just nothing had happened. So I just thought that this was exactly like that the labor was just you know coming on and off again so when i started these contractions on the 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 morning of the birth i just thought nothing of it and they were coming every 20 minutes and they were getting a little bit stronger and i thought "Mm, this actually could be it so by 6 6 a.m i woke up my husband and i said don't panic but I think this actually could be it. I think these are actual contractions. And so he got up and started to move things around downstairs. He got our son ready for nursery, started to put the birth pool up and just started getting things ready for the day, basically. And I just, I got up and I was just moving around the house, just doing my thing, basically. I was trying not to let labour make me act any different. I wanted my son to go off to nursery without um, any kind of um, issues. You know, I didn't want him to know there was anything different going on at home. So he went off to nursery and then once he was away, then I started to act like I was in labour, if that makes sense. That was when I was kind of, you know, moving around on the birth ball and I was listening to my affirmations and my calm sounds and my playlist. I had, um, but early on I had like this really hilarious 90s playlist of 
music from my childhood things like Spice Girls and Backstreet Boys absolutely love from my childhood and then as I got a little bit more established into labour I had a playlist of cow sounds because I work with cattle on a day-to-day basis and I find them really relaxing and soothing so I had this playlist of cow sounds because that's, that's what relaxes me and so it was about 12 o'clock that we called the midwives and said we're in established labour but I don't think it's anytime soon. I'm handling it really well. Just kind of take your time and come over when you're ready. So they were here about an hour later and they did a vaginal examination on arrival and it determined that I was about six centimetres. And so I you know, was in established labour, but I already knew that I didn't need fingers up my vagina to tell me that and I got into the birth pool when I was ready and it then just happened to like it started to happen really really quickly and for the most part I was just able to breathe through my contractions and visualize my way through my contractions and I was handling it it was absolutely fine and then we got to transition the transition phase of labor which is where you it's, it's the toughest part of labor it's where you get a big shot of adrenaline and your body is preparing for you to birth your baby essentially it's preparing for the pushing stage so this is the stage of labor where you start to hear women say things like oh i can't do this anymore i need an epidural i don't want to do this anymore and usually when midwives hear language like that when it changes from someone handling their contractions quite well to suddenly wanting all the pain relief that's a sure sign that that's probably transition and the baby's not far away so i instinctively then turned around and got onto my knees Oh, sorry, I forgot to tell you, with transition, for me, it was basically a very long contraction. So all my contractions up to that point had been about a minute long, but this particular contraction just kept going and going and going. And this was actually the only part of labour where I had to hold my husband's hand. Now, for some women in labour, they get to transition and they might start to shake, they might start to feel sick, they might get up at the birth pool and go run and lock themselves in the bathroom. Weird things happen during transition, so make sure that you and your birth partner are on the lookout for transition. It's not anything going wrong, it's basically labour unfolding exactly as it should be. So transition happened and I instinctively got onto my knees, that's what my body was telling me to do, and I started to feel the urge to push. And I had not felt this with with Wilfred because of the you know being on my back and having forceps and all this I did not feel him kind of descending into the birth canal because I was obviously numb at that point they'd given me the local anaesthetic and I was numb so with Annabelle I was out on my knees started to push and I gave this kind of um like a strangled sort of yelling sound because I felt her like it, it felt like she fell into my vagina. It literally felt like she fell out of my womb and into my vagina. And I was like, oh my God, something's happening. And so it gave this bizarre kind of yelling sound. And then I reached down and kind of had a little bit of a feel. I could feel this kind of bubble coming out of my vagina. And it basically meant that the waters were still intact, um, which was absolutely incredible. And then, so I had another push, my body just pushed entirely by itself with no input from me and out came her head. And then another push out came her body. So that was a total of three pushes and my baby was out. At some point between those three pushes, my waters broke. 
and, and yeah, three pushes. And I was just in absolute disbelief that my first birth, literally I'd been on my back and pushing for two hours with no progress. But with this birth, I was on my knees, following my bodily instincts, doing what I felt was right. And she was literally out in three pushes. It was insane. And I caught her myself. I I was the first person to touch her and I brought her up to my chest and it was the most magical experience of my life and the the midwife because the, there are two midwives there's one of them that was kind of next to me and was kind of overseeing what I was doing and the other midwife literally picked up my phone and she was taking thousands and thousands of pictures of the entire experience and my face when I picked Annabelle up out of the water and brought it to my chest my ch- my, my face was just absolute disbelief and I can remember saying I can't believe she's here I can't believe I did it and yeah it was just the most wonderful experience of my life so Annabelle and I spent about 45 minutes just sitting in the birth pool having skin to skin just soaking up all those wonderful snuggles all the oxytocin it was just amazing and my son got into the pool with us and so he met his little sister for the first time and gave her a little kiss and a cuddle and then so after about 45 minutes you know the the cord was well and truly white by that point and the midwife uh, suggested that I get out and that we cut the cord and that we see what the placenta is doing. So I got out onto the sofa and started to latch Annabelle onto the boob and the the starting to latch her on started to um, set off some more contractions and the placenta came out fairly easily just in one or two pushes. And so Annabelle and I just literally spent hours just on the sofa just snuggling and it was beautiful and my first food my first meal after giving birth was a very freshly baked victoria sponge cake that my mother-in-law and wilfred had made out in the kitchen and it was the best cake i've ever tasted in my life it was wonderful because i'd worked so hard at giving birth to annabelle and it was just such a lovely memory having that cake as my first food after giving birth um such a random thing to remember but it is those little random things that do stick in your mind isn't it and then so i had a shower and we all went to bed as a family at about nine o'clock and yeah it was just wonderful 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 so that is me with regards to my birth experiences so my two very different birth experiences and there's a huge contrast between them now I don't want you to take away that the contrast is between a home birth and a hospital birth for me the contrast is between being prepared and not being prepared is knowing my rights and not knowing my rights having a birth plan and not having a birth plan having coping mechanisms and not having coping mechanisms if I'd have had a hospital birth with Annabelle even after being um, you know, prepared and having all those things in place, it still would have been a very different experience to Wilfred's hospital birth just because of all the preparation I put in. And that is what I aim to do with, with hypnobirthing. When I teach people hypnobirthing, it's not about trying to push people in a particular direction. It's about making sure they have all the facts. It's about making sure they have all the knowledge, all the tools, all the tips and tricks, and all the confidence to go into their birth and absolutely smash it no matter how that birth turns out. And with regards to home birth, I'm really passionate about home birth because it is wonderful, it can be beautiful. Now, my aim is not to push everyone into a home birth, my aim is for 
home birth to be seen as a safe viable option and I'm going to do an episode specifically on home birth a little bit later on in a few months time um, and tell you all about home birth and why it is actually safer in some circumstances than hospital birth Um, but ultimately my aim is just for people to see home birth as a safe viable option because sometimes uh, do you know what not even sometimes a lot of the time people write off home birth without even thinking about it they just flippantly say oh no home birth is not safe I want to be in the hospital where all the medical people are and that's not that's not always the best way to think that's not the best way to think sometimes I honestly urge you if you are planning your birth right now look into home birth and you know see if it is for you look at the statistics look at what's available in your area and look at it as a safe viable option and see if it is something you might like to consider don't write it off before doing proper research so that's all from me this week i hope you have enjoyed listening to me ramble on about my births i could have spoken for a lot lot longer but i do try and keep these episodes under half an hour um if you have any questions do feel free to email me contact me i am available pretty much all the time to answer questions i love answering questions about birth and hypnobirthing so do feel free to pop into my inbox yeah i hope you have a lovely week and i'll speak to you again soon bye